Hello, Mechanicsville Church family. It's always a joy to be with you, and it's a joy to come together around God's Word whenever we can. So whenever you listen to this, I hope you will receive a blessing from it. Remember, we will have a service on Sunday at 11 o'clock in the uh, front of the church. Uh, those have been well attended, and we will do those until uh, further notice each Sunday and on Tuesday night at uh, 6 o'clock. So I hope that you're having a good week and that the Lord is blessing you and you're making it through in these difficult days. Our scripture reading this morning, or today, is found in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 21. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. But the latter, out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. A.T. Robertson, longtime professor at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, once said, Our problem is to be able to see the hand of God in a world of law and order when things go against us. Failed plans, sickness, shattered dreams, thwarted opportunities, death, all these can cause us grief, yet they may also lead to tremendous opportunities. Such was Paul's experience. He longed to go to Rome to preach the gospel. He did go to Rome, but he was there as a prisoner. He made use of his time by writing letters to the churches. He wrote to his Philippian friends about what had happened. God had turned bad into good. Paul's personal situation was bad. He was imprisoned. But his spiritual situation was good. He was preaching the gospel in Rome. To set at ease the minds of his friends at Philippi, Paul asserted that the things that had happened to him resulted in the furtherance of the gospel. Even though imprisoned, Paul had been allowed to arrange his own living quarters until his trial. He was chained at all times to a Roman soldier, and we can be sure that those soldiers heard the gospel. Paul's shining example has served as a source of inspiration for all Christians since then. Paul found a way of getting good out of bad. And the circumstances we find ourselves in today can be very similar in the sense that we look for good even when there is bad. Let's look at getting good out of bad. First, the method of getting good out of bad. We find in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, Paul indicated the influence of his imprisonment upon Christians as well as upon outsiders. Christians could have been frightened into silence because of the arrest of the great apostle. Instead, they were moved to speak out more boldly. 
It is not implied that they were silent prior to this, but rather than that, though already vocal, they became bolder in their witness. It was not because they did not realize the seriousness of Paul's arrest, but they found new incentive and courage from Paul's boldness. Paul served as an example to them, and Paul can serve as an example to us today. Paul so transcended his circumstances that they dared to declare the gospel without fear of consequences. Paul rejoiced because Christ was preached and the gospel was furthered. This was done in two ways. First, Paul's witness to the Praetorian Guard, and second, the preaching of Christ by others. The others who preached Christ did not always do it out of a good motive. Some preached Christ sincerely and others preached Christ from a partisan spirit in opposition to Paul. In any case, though, Christ was preached. Bad is turned to good when we use it as an opportunity to witness for Christ. This can be done in several ways. The witness to Christ as personal Savior. While chained to the Roman soldiers, Paul surely gave witness to Christ as personal Savior. It is inconceivable that one who had Paul's experience with Christ would not share it. What difference did that make? The Roman church did not send missionaries to the British Isles until Augustine in A.D. 56. Upon arriving there, they found an expression of Christianity different from that practiced by the Roman Catholic Church. Where did it originate? Notwithstanding the ministry of Patrick in Ireland and Columba in Scotland in the 5th century, it possibly came from Rome. The Roman Empire practiced the rotation of its troops to various parts of the empire. Likely some of those soldiers to whom Paul had witnessed in Rome had accepted Christ and then upon their transfer to Great Britain had witnessed of Christ. The message of Christ flowing through others as it came from Paul. Second, the witness of the reality of God. While suffering hardships, Paul could give witness to the reality of God in his life. No one could face suffering and deprivation without sharing his or her source of strength. For Paul, it was his personal relationship with Christ. And the same can be said of us even today. When we face suffering and deprivation, we share our personal relationship with the one who gives us hope and assurance. Third, the witness of the character of the Christian. While chained to another individual, one has an opportunity to study the other's character. The soldiers were able to discern Paul's godly character by being chained to him. What would people say about you and me if we were chained to them 24-7? In the 16th century, the English bishop Ridley was put in the custody of the mayor of Oxford and his bigoted wife for a year and a half. He had known civil and ecclesiastical dignity and had had a large circle of admirable friends, but then suffered house arrest. At the conclusion of his confinement, the mayor's wife was won to admiration and attachment to Ridley and to spiritual convictions. His influence on her made all the difference because of his relationship to Christ. We can influence people in the same way even today. But what are the means of getting good out of bad? We find it in verse 19. Paul's imprisonment moved many to new efforts in preaching Christ, but with no uniformity of motive. Some preached from envy and rivalry, others from goodwill, presumably toward Paul. There is no hint that Paul's rivals were considered heretical Judaizers or Gnostics. In question was not the soundness of their gospel, but their motives. 
These may have been jealous of the they, these may have been jealous of the attention given Paul even as a prisoner. This would be more likely in Rome, where Christianity had preceded Paul by some years, and Paul's coming could pose a threat to their leadership. This also accords with the charge of partisanship, a group outside Paul's following. Presumably, Paul's opponents thought that their success would afflict Paul by making him jealous. To the contrary, Paul could rejoice that they at least proclaim Christ even if for unworthy motives. This is not to discount the importance of motive, but it is to recognize that the gospel has its own power even when proclaimed by people lacking in motive or character. If witnessing is the method of getting good out of bad, what are the means? Paul expressed it in one verse. Paul was confident that his ordeal of imprisonment and his harassment by partisan Christians would end in victory. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. For the victory expected, Paul is dependent upon the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Help translates a word normally rendered supply. Christ would supply what Paul needed. And he also talked about the prayer of the Christians. Paul was dependent on the prayer of fellow Christians. He was able to say in verse 19, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer. Intercessory prayer is one of the great privileges of Christians. We can pray for strength for one another. We can pray that the bad circumstances in which other Christians find themselves can be used for good. Paul also referenced the power of the Holy Spirit. The second means is the power of the Holy Spirit. God's power can make good come out of any situation, no matter how bad it may seem to be. One of the main characters in Catherine Marshall's novel, Christie, is Miss Alice, the Quaker Mountain School mission teacher. Toward the end of the book, Christie learns that the mountain physician, Neil McNeil, is the widower of Miss Alice's illegitimate daughter, Margaret. In telling Christie the story of Margaret's birth, life, and marriage, Miss Alice said, So they ran off and got married. But I fear there was a flaw at the heart of the marriage, a certain feeling of unworthiness in Margaret. We were never sure of this, but at least once I heard her refer to herself as an accident conceived in man's lust. And since she was discounting God, naturally she had no understanding of some of his greatest miracles, bringing good out of man's treachery and baseness. The third thing we can see in this is what is the motive for getting good out of bad? Verses 20 through 21. The motive for getting good out of bad is that Christ might be magnified through the life of the Christian. Verse 20 indicates that Paul's primary concern is not with the outcome of his trial, whether life or death, but with his own manner throughout the ordeal that he not be put to shame by any failure in courage and standing for Christ. But what was the desire? In verse 20, Paul clearly expresses his desire for the magnification of Christ through his life. Whether through Paul's death or his continuation of a witnessing life, his great desire is that Christ be magnified through him. It is his eager expectation and hope that he not only be not put to shame, but that Christ will be honored. Paul does not want to be a hero. He wants to meet his fate, whether life or death, with such dignity and spirit that all may see what Christ means to him. 
a Christian physician successful in her career and highly respected by her profession, related to a group of friends how she had come to meet Jesus, whose power to save had transformed her life. One of the steps that led her out of the atheism she once boasted was the manner in which a young Christian husband and his wife received a great disappointment. It was a hard thing to tell them, she said. I knew how they had longed for children to gladden their hearts and home, and now their hopes were blasted. But it was the way they took it that impressed me. I knew that God was real to them. I was haunted by the realization that they had something I did not possess, and I wanted it. That's the way we should be in our relationship to others as we share with them about Christ. We have something that they want. Paul summed it up in his definition of life in verse 21. To live would be to continue to minister and to magnify Christ. To die would allow him to enter into the presence of Christ. He was willing to follow God's will. Paul did not desire death as escape from life. He saw death as an entrance into the greater fullness of a life that already was full. Whatever life may mean to others, to him it was Christ. Christ gave life its meaning for him, and apart from Christ, it had no meaning. Death meant not loss, but gain. For the good life he now knew in Christ would be not only continued, but heightened. Joni Erickson Tata is a woman who has experienced a lot of suffering. Paralyzed from the shoulders down after a tragic diving accident as a teenager, Johnny often wanted to die instead of working to live and overcome her disabilities. She still lives in pain every day, but God has given her a worldwide ministry that she could never have dreamed of before her accident, and she has proven faithful through it all. In a devotion titled, Closer to the Other Side, she tells about something that happened to her recently, something that for most of us would be rather mundane, but to her is spoke of something far deeper. She writes, and this was several years ago, for me in this wheelchair... Shampooing my hair requires parking in front of my bathroom sink, leaning forward and letting my friend Dana go at it as she stands to one side and lathers my hair. Johnny, would you like me to wash your face while you're under the faucet, she asked. Sure, I gurgled. She took her soapy hands and began lathering my cheeks, using the flat of her fingers to gently wash around my eyes. I gasped. Am I hurting you, Dana asked. Oh, no, not at all. I said, please, please keep going. How could I explain? For that brief moment, It felt as though her hands were mine. She was rubbing my face exactly the way I used to do with my own hands decades ago. Those few brief moments were about as close as I've ever felt to being healed. When we finished, Dana patted my face and hair dry with a towel. She also had to wipe away my tears, but they weren't tears of sadness or regret. regret. They were tears of joy about the future. I told her this was a reminder that soon I will be able to wash my own face with new glorified hands. Then Johnny said, there is less distance between me and the future than me and the past before I was injured. I've come to the place where a memory can push me joyfully into the future rather than pull me somberly back into a sad past. Because we are believers, the future has a happy magnetic pull on our hearts. Take just a few minutes today to think about the new, marvelous, perfect, immortal body that awaits you. Really, just a few years away on the other side. Some of the things that happen to us are bad. But with the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the situation, 
God can enable us to get good out of bad. Paul said it best. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Where is your heart? Can you speak as Paul spoke? Can you find a way to get good out of bad? Give yourself a chance. Trust in the Lord. Give your life to him. And in him you can see your way through. Shall we pray? Father, we are grateful for the power of your word and for the hope that rests in it, and for your servant Paul, who has reminded us so clearly today of the power of your presence in our lives and how that power can make a difference in others' lives. May we, Father, in this difficult time, be willing to allow others to see Jesus in our lives and make a difference. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.